Show me your Bibles. Show me your smartphones too. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on, lift it up. Say, this is my Bible. It is the Word of God. I believe what the Bible says. I believe what God says. I am. I believe what the Bible says. I have. And I believe what the Bible says. I can do. And today, I'm ready to receive the incorruptible, indestructible seed of God's word. I'm a believer. I'm a faith man. I'm a faith woman. And I receive the word of God with all my heart in Jesus' name. Go ahead and just give praise to the Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, for the word that we are about to receive. We believe it is a word that comes from heaven, O oh Lord. And it's a word that transforms our life. In Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. amen. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11. I'm going to talk about faith again. And today I'm going to talk particularly about how we release our faith. Because I truly believe there is a need to constantly remind the church how to walk in faith. There are times that we can be sitting in the word of God, listening to sermons, gaining knowledge, and yet there is no benefit. There is no value to our spiritual lives because we fail to do what the word of God says. We fail to act upon the word of God. And there are times that we may think that because we know a lot, we may be walking in faith, but there's really a huge difference between mental agreement, mental assent, and real faith. Real faith is always active. Real faith is always dynamic. Real faith is always possessing what God has given to us in his word. Amen. And we want to be believers who are walking in real, active, dynamic faith. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, meaning the faith, by faith, the elders obtained a good testimony. All the testimonies that we hear of in the body of Christ, it has come by faith. By faith. Because people believed in God. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. The word framed means to be arranged, to be created. The worlds that we see, the universe, creation. It was created, it was made, it was ordered, it was arranged by the word of God. God spoke everything we see into existence so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. In other words, they were made of things which are invisible. Whatever we see, it came out of things which are invisible. How? By faith. God spoke them into being. In the same way, you can create your life. You can frame your life. You can order your life by your faith. Can you say amen? Amen. Your faith is absolutely critical to the way your life is going to turn out. Look at verse 4. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. By faith, we worship God. By faith, we bring our offerings. 
by faith make a sacrifices. By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. By faith Enoch walked with God for 300 plus years. And the Bible says that he was taken by God. He did not die physically. God just took him. How did Enoch walk with God for all those years? The Bible says it is by faith, by the belief in his heart. We know what faith is. Faith is what you believe in your heart. Faith is what you are convicted of in your heart. Whether you see, whether you feel is irrelevant. How did Enoch walk with God? Because Enoch believed that God existed. Enoch believed that God is alive and real. He did not see God. He did not experience God every day. But for years he believed and he simply walked with God by his belief. Verse 6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God. Let me ask you this question. Did you come to God this morning? Yes or no? Are you in church? Are you awake? Come on, turn to your neighbor and please wake them up. Because today you guys seem to be very, very, very slow. Are you awake this morning? Did you come to God this morning? Not just to church, you came to God. Amen. The Bible says when you come to God, you must believe. You must believe that He is. That means today that He is the great I Am. He is here. He's present. He is the living God. And that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Not only did you come to God, you must believe He's going to give you something. He's going to reward you. He's going to put a blessing into your heart this morning. Hallelujah. Come and turn to your neighbor and say, you are going to be blessed today. Hallelujah. Amen. So faith is absolutely critical to a walk with God, a journey with God, to receiving anything from God. It is always by His grace through our faith. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Now we know from what I preached two Sundays back. Faith comes by hearing. Romans chapter 10 verse 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So it's always good to keep on hearing more and more and more. To keep on coming to church again and again. Because as you keep on hearing, faith comes. Faith comes. It's not just for intellectual knowledge that you need to come and receive the truth of God's word. It is for faith to come into your heart. Amen. Now the question is, after faith has come. What must we do? After faith has come, what must we do? And that's why I'm going to preach today. James chapter 2. I want you to turn to James chapter 2. Verse 17. Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Look at verse 20. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Look at verse 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So the Bible is very clear. That after faith has come, faith must be released. You must release what you believe. And only then your faith will be beneficial. 
The word dead does not mean that faith ceases to exist. But here the word dead means your faith is dormant. It is inactive. It is unbeneficial. It is unproductive. It is like the brain that we have. We use 5% of it. That's what scientists say. 95% of it is unproductive. Many of us have gifts and talents. But your gifts and talents, if you don't have works to it, is dead. Many of you have love for the nations in your heart. But love without actions is dead. Amen. In the same way the Bible is saying, faith, if it does not have corresponding action to its belief, it is inactive. It is unbeneficial. That means your life will not benefit by your faith unless you release your faith. Can you say amen? You need to release your faith. Now the word works here, lest we are confused, is action that is related to the belief. Now you need to understand this very clearly. I want you to take down notes if you can. The word works here, it refers to action related to what you are believing. It is not good works by itself. For example, good works could be feeding the poor, visiting the orphans, volunteering for a good cause, giving tuition to the underprivileged. James here is not referring to that kind of good works that even the people of the world are doing. He's relating to a work that is related to your belief. To your belief. Not just a good work that is connected to what you are believing. And the example that he gives is Abraham sacrificing Isaac. Now let me ask you this question. In which country of the world, sacrificing your son is a good work? Nowhere. And yet James uses this as an example of Abraham's work of faith that he was justified by. Now Abraham sacrificed Isaac because God spoke to him. And he believed what God said. And his action was connected to his belief in what God instructed him. The other example is Rahab. Rahab was a prostitute in Jericho. But she believed that God had given the promised land to Israel. And so when the two spies were hiding from the soldiers of Jericho, Rahab hid them. And Rahab said, do not forget me. In the time that you come to the city. So by her actions, she was displaying her faith in the God of Israel. It's not like a good work in the normal traditional sense. But yet she acted in her faith. And that is what the Bible says when it talks about releasing your faith. It is action that is corresponding to your belief. Amen. So how do we release our faith? Look at James chapter 3 verse 5. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire by hell. Now, James is talking about the same 
subject. Faith by itself, if it doesn't have works, is dead. The difference in the chapters is introduced by the translators. So what James is saying here, I believe, is this. Your faith is released by your words. The tongue by itself has no power unless you speak. So actually, he's not talking about the tongue. He's talking about your mouth. Your mouth. In other words, faith is released by speaking. Your words. Your words. How do I release faith? You release faith by speaking what you believe. And in chapter 3, James likens the tongue. Look at verse 2. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us and return the whole body. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. And James is saying that your tongue is like the rudder of the ship. Your tongue is like the bit in the horse's bridle. And what James is saying is this. The energy, the passion, the potential, the, the, all the strength of your life is like a horse. Full of energy. Rearing to run, rearing to go somewhere. But it needs to be controlled. Your life, James says, is like a ship that is heading in a direction. But many times it may be going in the wrong direction. Maybe your body is heading in the direction of sickness. Maybe your mind is heading in the direction of depression. There's a certain attitude of thinking that can be upon us that it is difficult to turn. For example, negativity, criticism, judgmentalism. There are some people, anything they see, the first thought comes to their mind is to judge or criticize. It's not like they are always wanting to hurt people, but it's the course of their life. It's the direction of the ship. That's how they've been brought up. That's how we have been exposed to life our whole life. And that's the direction of our ship. But now we know that that is not the way of grace. That's not the way of love. And how do I change the direction of my ship? James says, your tongue. In other words, your faith. Your words. Hallelujah. Your tongue is so powerful. Because your tongue releases your faith. And through your words, you can control the passions of your life. Through your words, you can change the course and the direction of your life. Like we read in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3. God created the worlds by His word, by faith. God spoke by faith. Let there be light. Let there be mountains. Let there be stars in the universe. And so you can use your mouth to reframe your life. How many of you don't like your life? Let me see your hands. I know many of us don't like our lives. We wish it was different. How can you change that? Stop wishing. Let me tell you right now. Please, 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 please. Everyone, get this very soon. Stop wishing your life is different. It will never turn out different if you're only wishing. Stop living in a fantasy world where you think that one day you're going to wake up as a rich man. Stop living in a fantasy world where you think that one day 
You're just going to be driving on the streets and you're going to bump on a suitcase and you're going to go and open up the suitcase and there are going to be five crores of rupees for you. Stop living in that dream world where you think that one day Jesus will knock on your door and he will say, I have come here to give you a million dollars. It will never happen. It will never happen. You want to change your life? Believe in God and start using your mouth according to the truth of God's word. Can you say amen? Come and turn to your neighbor and say, stop wishful thinking. Stop living in a fantasy world. Amen. It's the truth. It's the truth. Stop living in a dream world. You're wishing your life was different. But we never take responsibility of our own faith. Of our own heart. You have to take responsibility of what you believe. You can change your life if it will change your beliefs. Can you say amen? Let me show you the scriptural examples. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 and 10. We're going to be here pretty long this morning. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 and 10. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Everyone say confess. Everyone say confess. And believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You will be saved. The word saved here does not only mean that you will not go to hell and you will go to heaven. The word saved here is the Greek word sozo which means to be healed. It also means to be having protection over our lives. It means to be rescued. It means to protect. It means to make whole. It means to give us well-being. Hallelujah. So that means God is saying, if you want to experience my well-being, my healing, my preservations, it also includes the word do well. If you want to do well in life, you have to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. And then you will be saved. You will be healed. You will be delivered. You will be rescued. You will do well. How? You believe in your heart and you speak from your mouth. The word confess means to speak. In Christian world, especially here in Nagaland, the word confess has been attached to more negative things like confessing your sins. But if you study the scriptures, there is more reference to confessing in terms of positive words than in negative things like confessing your sins. The word confess means to say the same thing. To say the same thing. So it's not always connected to confess sins. But it always is connected to confessing the truth about God. Who does God say He is? You confess it. What does God say about you? God says you are righteous. Say the same thing God says to you about you. Hallelujah. What does God say about your future? Well, pastor, I feel like my future is going to be bad. I feel like Modi is going to destroy the country. I feel like, stop saying what you think. Stop saying what people's opinions are. What does God say about your future? God says your future is blessed. For I know the plans that I have for you. Plans to give you a future and a hope. So you say what God says. 
Don't say what you think. No matter how smart you think you are. There's no one here smarter than God. Amen. So to confess means to say the same thing that he says about our lives. How is faith released? By believing and saying. Faith is not released. Write this down. Faith is not released by thinking. I know you guys are great thinkers. Wonderful thinkers. But let me blow your bubble today. Faith is not released through your thoughts. Number two. Faith is not released through feelings. No matter how wonderful you feel. Oh, Pastor, I feel like I'm in heaven today. Your, the music was wonderful. Wonderful. Faith is not released by feelings. Enjoy that feeling. But if you want to exercise your faith, you have to open up your mouth and speak what you believe. Number three. Number three. Faith is not released by good intentions. Many of us have good intentions towards missions, towards the poor, towards widows. But having a good intention means nothing in relation to faith. Faith is released by believing in your heart. And confessing from your mouth. The greatest miracle you have ever experienced. Called born again. Called eternal life. Hallelujah. Turning from darkness into light. From becoming. From being a sinner. Now you are a child of God. That miracle. How did you experience? You believed in your heart. The gospel message about Jesus Christ. And you confessed with your mouth. When you said the sinner's prayer. And bang. You got born again. Every other promise of God is received the same way. How? You believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. Hallelujah. Let me give you other scriptures. Luke chapter 17. Every doctrine is established on more than two or three scriptures. And we want to establish this truth on the scriptures. Several of them from the word of God. Luke 17. Verse 5 and 6. The apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. Come on, say this with me. Lord, everyone speak to Jesus right now. Say, Lord, say, Jesus, increase my faith. Show me what faith is. Amen. Look at verse 6. So the Lord says, and the Lord says to you today, if you have faith as a mustard seed, in other words, small, a mustard seed faith refers to a faith that never gives up because the mustard seed is a, is a tough seed. It can grow on any soil. If you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, everyone say, you can say, you can say, amen. Be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea and it would obey you. Lord, increase our faith. Jesus is saying, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say, you can say. Jesus is saying, you want to increase your faith? Begin to say what you believe. You have a little faith in your heart? How many of you have faith? Every one of you have faith. I mean, every one of you have faith. So the Bible says, whatever you believe, you begin to speak and your faith will increase. Look at Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17. Look at verse 20. 
So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. It will move. How? When you say it will move. The law of faith, which is believing in your heart and speaking from your mouth, is what God uses to change things in the realm of the Spirit. If you believe, Jesus saying, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Nothing will be impossible. Now you have to believe this. Young men, young women, fathers, mothers. Maybe you're having difficulty with your children. Maybe you're finding difficulty to get a job. Maybe you're having some financial difficulties. Maybe you're facing sickness in your family. Financial debts. It is not God's will for you to remain perpetually in that situation. God's will for you is abundant life. Can you say amen? God's will for you is to experience His provision. God's will for you is to walk in health. God's will for you is to walk in harmony in your relationship. It doesn't mean that there is no difficulty or trials or problems. But God's will is for you to experience His best. And for that, you have to use your faith. Don't just take this as a message. How many times I've seen young people listen to a message as if it's just a message. And when we talk to them, they are not using their faith. Nothing will be impossible for you, Jesus says. Nothing will be impossible for you if you will learn to use your faith. If you will learn to speak from your heart what you believe to the mountains in your life. Lack may be a mountain. Depression may be a mountain. Sickness could be a mountain. God says, use your words of your faith against your mountains and they will move. Hallelujah. Amen. There was a season in my life. I had to speak what I believed in my heart repeatedly in order to conquer the mountain that I was facing in my life. And at that time, it was a mountain of fear and depression. I went through a period of six months where I was being severely oppressed by the enemy. Woke up one morning with severe panic attack. That stayed for three days. And after that, all the physical symptoms, the depression symptoms that I went through. And attached to that was a lot of condemnation, guilt, sin consciousness. Because I was thinking, has this come because of something wrong that I have done? And the enemy began to pile on the consciousness of my past sins and the guilt. So that with the condemnation, all faith left. And I was un in, that, in the dark the dark period of my life, depression, fear, panic, Satan was constantly filling my mind with wild imaginations, dark and evil thoughts. Almost every night, I would wake up with nightmares. I thought I was losing my mind. 
and the attitude and the direction of my mind. You see, sometimes your mind can grow in a process of thinking, in a spirit of thinking that is very negative. When we think about Nagaland and all the young people saying there's no hope unless we are in politics, unless we get corrupt, there's no hope. That is what I mean by a process of thinking. Uh, you know, a spirit of thinking that your mind is going in a certain direction and it's very difficult to turn back. When Paul talks about the wiles of the devil in Ephesians chapter 6, when he talks about spiritual warfare, for we know we are not ignorant of the wiles of the devil. The word wiles talks about the strategy of the enemy and his strategy is this. His strategy is to build a road. The word wiles comes from a root word which means road. His strategy is to build a road to your mind. A highway to your mind. A highway of negativity. A highway of, you know, uh, unbelief. A highway, a philosophy of evolution. His strategy is to build a highway into your mind so that your mind is on that highway continually. And it's very difficult to turn around. Atheists. Liberal beliefs. It's a highway that the enemy builds into our minds. And the enemy was building this highway of dark thoughts into my mind. Where I began to feel and think that he is going to destroy my life. Where I began to feel he was more powerful than Jesus himself. And I felt like every day I was under severe oppression. So in that period of six months, I knew the word. I knew the word of God. That faith is released by speaking. If I believe, I must speak. But even knowing those verses did not help until I opened my mouth and I spoke. I had to do the Word of God. Knowing Bible verse did not help me. I had to do what the Bible says. And so I opened up the Bible to specific verses pertaining to my situation. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 was one of them. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The other scripture was Colossians chapter 2 verse 15. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it, referring to how Jesus defeated Satan on the cross. And he made a public spectacle of Satan in the spirit realm that Satan was put to shame. Satan was completely defrocked. His power was ripped away from him. Jesus defeated Satan on the cross. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 10 verse 19. When Jesus told his disciples, Behold, I give you power and authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Luke 10 verse 19. Is it up there? Make sure you put up the scriptures as I read them out. I give you power to trample on serpents and scorpions and of all the power of the enemy and nothing, everyone said nothing, nothing shall by any means hurt you. Amen. Hallelujah. I took the word of God in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 21 to 23. Is that there on the slides? It's not working? Okay. Ephesians chapter 1. Why don't you turn there? 
far above all principality and power and might and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he, Christ, or God, put all things under Christ's feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So all things are under the feet of Christ. But I am in the body of Christ. We are in the body of Christ. So all principalities and powers, referring to Satan and his demonic hordes, all principalities and powers and every name. When I went to the psychologist, the doctor, he gave me a name for what I was going through. Depression. I met a very experienced seasoned counselor from Oxford University. And he said, what you're going through is going to take years to overcome. So he gave me a name. See, when I went to all those so-called experts, they gave me a name. But you know what? It was only the opinion of men. When I came back with all the reports, I said, you know what? I'm not going to believe this. doesn't matter what the doctor says. It doesn't matter what the psychiatrist says. They are all wise people. I honor them, but I'm not going to believe these names. And I said, depression is under my feet. Fear is under my feet. Hallelujah. Why? Because the Bible says every name that is named is under your feet. Principalities and powers are under your feet. So I had to begin to speak what I believed in my heart. And I remember I would spend hours at times just declaring what I believe. It doesn't matter what I feel. It doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what the doctor said. Only the word of God matters. Hallelujah. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word will remain. Jesus said, hallelujah. Amen. Faith is when you trust in the word completely and nothing else. And so I began to declare that I, it doesn't matter what I feel. It doesn't matter what I'm going through. It doesn't matter what thoughts are coming to my mind. Only what the word of God says is the truth. Satan is under my feet. Satan is a defeated foe. Hallelujah. Depression is under my feet. Fear is under my feet. Amen. I am healed. I'm whole. I have a sound mind. I don't have depression. The doctor said I had depression. I went to the word of God and I began to declare I don't have depression. Because the Bible says God has given me a sound mind. He's given me a sound mind. I have a sound mind. I did not feel sound. My mind was running around in a hundred different directions. But I began to speak I have a sound mind. I have a sound mind. I have a sound mind. Some of you need to say that every day. <laughs> because some of you think you are pagla. <laughs> you need to say, I have a sound mind. Especially before interviews and exams. Amen. That is your blessing. That is the inheritance of Christ. Soundness of mind is part of the inheritance of Christ. It's a blessing of God's grace. It's a finished work. The finished work is not only on the cross. God wants to take what Christ did on the cross and bring it here and put it here. So that the cross on your mind, when you believe you are righteous, when you believe you are forgiven of your sins, when you believe you are redeemed from every curse of the law, your mind becomes sound. Your mind becomes full of peace. Why? You know you are forgiven. 
And you don't have to keep on confessing your sin again and again and again. You see, when you keep on confessing that same sin a hundred times, it means your mind is not sound. It looks very spiritual. Oh, she's so spiritual. She's confessing the same sin a hundred times. She must really be repenting. No. You're bound in guilt. In condemnation. The enemy has your mind there. Amen. But when you believe, you are forgiven of your sins. Hallelujah. That's when your sound, mind becomes sound. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. I began to speak that over and over and over again. There are times I will speak it and I will get the victory. After one or two hours, again the fear would come. And again the doubt will come. And again the differing beliefs would come. So what would I do? I would speak the word of God again. I would speak the truth again. And after a few hours, again the thoughts would come back. I don't think I can make it. It's too difficult. Maybe this time it will not work. Maybe this time God does not love me. If you are struggling with any of those kind of thoughts, it's not the truth. You must understand this. Satan is a liar. Satan is a liar. And he will always feed your mind with lying thoughts. And that's why you need to examine your thoughts. Are your thoughts in line with the word of God? See, I came to a point where I did not even believe my thoughts. I had to ignore my own thoughts. And I had to believe only what the Bible says. I had to believe only what God says about me. Because many times, your thoughts can come because of people's opinions. Sometimes people say, oh, I had a bad dream about you. Hey, be careful, huh? I had a bad dream about you. Suddenly you're all fearful. And you start thinking, is it because of that? Or is it because of this? See, your thoughts. I came to a place where like, I don't believe my own thoughts. I only believe what the Bible says. If my thoughts are not in line with the Bible, I need to change my thoughts. Amen. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, if your thoughts are not in line with the truth of God's word, you need to change your thoughts. Oh man, thoughts are powerful. Thoughts have life. Every thought has a life attached to it. Don't underestimate your thoughts. All the young girls up there. Every thought has a life attached to it. The thoughts that you carry in your heart need to be thoughts of value. Thoughts of value. If you feel that that dress is going to give you value, that thought has a life attached to it, and your thoughts, your desire, your passion is going to be driven into the area of materialism to find value and identity. Amen. Every thought has life attached to it. And so I came to a place where I decided my thoughts... And my words are just going to be what the word of God says. And the more I began to speak what I believed, little by little, that mountain that was so huge in my life, every day I was battling depression, that mountain became a molehill. It became a molehill. 
And as I kept on stepping on it by my words, I have authority over fear. Depression is under my feet. Satan is under my feet. Satan is defeated. That molehill has disappeared. Hallelujah. Amen. It's disappeared. You can remove every mountain in your life by your mouth. Whether it is lack, sickness, failure, negativity, learn to use your mouth. Turn to Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Hold fast to the confession Confession means speaking. To the speaking of your hope. Your hope refers to confident expectation. What are you believing about your future? What are you expecting when you are 50? Sometimes the conversations we have, Ah yeah, 50 will be more Is that what you are expecting? I mean, it's real. Because I'm in that age where I'm interacting with a lot of people in the, in the, in the, in the Middle Ages. And sometimes the conversation centers around, around, around health and sickness. And then we are talking about our grandparents and our fathers who are really struggling. And then we start thinking, So, you see, what are we expecting? If you're expecting negativity and we keep on speaking that, Jesus says in Mark chapter 11... Verse 23, 24, you will have what you say. You will have what you say. In other words, you will eat your words. Literally. <laughs> you will eat your words. So the Bible says, hold fast to the confession of your hope. What are you expecting? Well, for me, I'm expecting to live beyond 80. Only three or four people are expecting that too. I'm expecting to live beyond 80. May you all live beyond 80. Come on. May you all live beyond 80. Say amen. Amen is your faith. May you all live beyond 90. Amen. Hold fast the confession of your expectancy without wavering. Without doubting. Hallelujah. For he who promised is faithful. God is faithful. He will keep his word. He will fulfill his promise. He will fulfill his covenant in your life. But he says, you have to also confess. God is faithful. Everything that Jesus died for you to have, he will give it to you. Hallelujah. God will protect you. God will bless you. God will heal you. God will do all that he has promised because he is faithful. So hold fast to what you are believing. Hold fast to what you're expecting. Hold fast to your confession. In other words, don't stop speaking what you believe. Don't stop speaking what you believe. Hallelujah. Look at Mark chapter 11. If you are in this church, you need to know this verse. Mark chapter 11, verse 22, 23, and 24. 
Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Or in some translations, have the God kind of faith. Have the kind of faith that God will have. What's the kind of faith that God has? God believes and speaks. Hallelujah. Verse 23. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says, everyone says, says, to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says, can you say says, will be done. He will have whatever he says. Can you say says? Says. The word says is there three times. The word prayer in this verse, look at verse 24. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. The word pray is there once. The word say is there three times. So between your praying, maybe you need something. Let's say you need sickness, healing from sickness. So you pray. In the name of Jesus, I pray. I believe I receive my healing. You pray. But the symptoms are still there. But you are expecting. The manifestation may come after two days, three days, maybe instantly. But after you have prayed, Jesus is saying, now focus on the saying. After you have prayed, the symptoms are still there. Don't pray again. Don't pray again. Don't pray again. No. After you have prayed, you believe you have received. If you have believed you have received, don't pray again to believe to receive again. After you have prayed, what should you do? You must say. You must confess your healing. And there's more reference to saying than praying. Which means from the point of praying till the answer manifests. Let's say this is the answer. And this is the point where you prayed. From this point to that point in between, you need to be saying. You need to be saying. You need to be saying. You need to be confessing. You need to be holding fast the confession of your hope. Like when I was believing for my car. Some years back. We believed for a specific car and we prayed. After we prayed for a period of six months, every evening, I would say, thank you, Lord, for my car. Thank you, Lord, for my car. And I would tell my children, all right, we're going to thank God for the car. But the car is not here, Daddy. It doesn't matter. We already have it in the spirit. We already have it in the heart. We have believed. So what are we going to do? We are going to say, thank you, Lord. Why? Thank you is an expression of faith. Amen. You see, one of the best ways to say what you believe is thanksgiving. Thanksgiving and praises. Do you believe God is with you? Do you believe God loves you? Then say thank you to Him. You see, saying thank you Lord that you love me, that's your faith. Do you believe the Holy Spirit is in you? So say thank you Father, the Holy Spirit is in me. That is a declaration of your faith. One of the things I confess every day is this. Father, I thank you. I am forgiven of all my sins. Father, I thank you. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Father, I thank you. I am seated with Christ in heavenly places. Father, I thank you. I am blessed with every spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. Father, I thank you that you love me today. I do that every day. Every day. Several times a day. Not just once or twice. Every day. And I tell you, every time I do that, I feel the vibrations of faith in my heart. I feel the vibrations of peace and joy and strength in my spirit. 
I can feel it. And it gives me the confidence to face the day. Without fear of anything curse coming upon me, uh, fall down and Satan will trip me. You see, a lot of people live in fear of such things. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't live in fear of bad things happening. I live in a confident expectation every day of good. Can you say amen? But how do I declare that? By speaking every day. Every day I declare God's hand is upon my life. God's goodness is with me. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. See, don't speak what negative things you expect. Speak the word of God. Psalms 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Come on, say that with me. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Stop saying, what will we drink? What will we eat? Poison nigh, come nigh. Declare your abundance. The Lord is my shepherd. Jesus is my shepherd. And it's not like the kind of shepherd that brings up the cows and pigs from Dimapur with a stick chasing from behind on the highway. No, Jesus is a loving shepherd. He's a shepherd that will leave the 99 and go look for the one that is lost and will put him on his shoulder and bring him into the house. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Amen. Declare your abundance. Don't declare your fears. Hallelujah. You see, what the tap is to the pipe, the water pipe. The water is in the pipe, but you need to open the tap for the water to come. So your mouth is to your faith. Faith is here. All of you believe. But it's not coming out in your life. Why? Your tap is closed. You see, all of you have faith. How many of you have faith that Jesus can heal? How many of you have faith that Jesus loves you? Amen. See, faith is like a loaded rifle. Your rifle is loaded. But a loaded rifle has no benefit unless you pull the trigger. Amen. See, your mouth is the trigger to your faith. Your mouth is the trigger. Your mouth is the trigger to your faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Roy Hicks says this. God is restricted by our failure to confess with our mouth what we believe in our heart. Another preacher said this. The first place religion must change is your words. Your faith must change your words. If your mouth is not conquered by your faith, then how can you conquer cancer and TB and lack and deaths? Your mouth must conquer your tongue first. How many times do we say words like, I'm going to die soon? Someone come and tell you, I had a dream. Your grandmother came to take you away. Oh, I'm going to die. We talk of such things here. I feel I'm going to be sick. Amen. We need to change our words. Let it be words of faith. Not just make-believe words. We are speaking the word of God. Amen. It's not positive thinking. It is faith. We need to speak what we believe. 
Declare your healing by his stripes. By the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. Amen. Hallelujah. Every day thank God that you are walking in his grace, in his anointing. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 13 and we'll close here. Remember when Paul and Silas were in the prison? What were they doing? They were singing hymns to the Lord. What is that? That is thanksgiving. Hymns is worship. Hymns is thanksgiving. They were singing. They were thanking God in the middle of the night in prison. Why? Because if you believe, you must open your mouth. Even in the middle of sickness, we believe. Even in financial lack, I believe God provides for me. Even in the midst, right now I'm going through some symptoms, but I believe Jesus is my healer. I don't speak my symptoms, I speak my healing. Amen. Hallelujah. I speak what I believe is coming in the future. One word that I confess almost regularly is Psalms 91. A thousand may fall at my side and ten thousand at my right hand, but it shall not come near me. Sickness will not come near me or my family. I declare it. I keep on declaring, I'm going to live to a ripe old age. I will live to a satisfied life. Amen. And I'm confessing this more and more now. My youth is renewed like the eagles. Ever since I turned 40, that's become a main confession. Hallelujah. In Psalms 103 verse 5, my youth is renewed like the eagles. That is once the benefit of the Lord. It's a benefit of grace. My youth is renewed like the eagles. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. You will live by your words. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 13. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed. The psalmist says, and therefore I spoke. We, meaning new believers in the New Testament church. We. The new believers in this New Testament church. We also believe and therefore speak. If you believe, speak. Speak what you believe. Amen. Speak what you believe. Every day I believe I'm the righteousness of God. How do I walk in the blessings of righteousness? How do I walk... Over the enemy every day. Reigning over my circumstances. Every day I release faith to receive righteousness from God. Every day. Every day I declare I am the righteousness of God by faith. Righteousness is a gift from God. I receive my righteousness today by my faith in Jesus Christ. I believe I am righteous. And do you know that the blessings of God in the Bible are designed... That it follows a man who is righteous. But we also know no man can be righteous in his own efforts. Amen. It is only in Christ that we are righteous. So how do I stand in my righteousness every day? I believe. I confess every day I am righteous. And I let my mind be filled with a consciousness of righteousness. I let my heart be filled with a consciousness of righteousness. I'm in peace. I know I'm forgiven. Glory to God. I know the cross and the blood is greater than all my sins. I believe I am righteous. And when I stay in that state of righteousness, in that state of faith, where my mind is righteous, Righteousness, conscious. What happens? The blessings follow. 
The blessings follow. Favor follows. Protection follows. Health follows. Glory. And so if you believe, speak. We heard a testimony of that lady with first stage breast cancer last year. In our healing rooms. When she came to receive prayer. One of our sisters gave her a book. A book about faith. That God loves you. God is on your side. Sickness and disease is not from God. This is the curse of the law. Jesus has redeemed us from the curse of cancer. Jesus has redeemed us from the curse of tuberculosis. So now believe in the word of God and begin to speak what you believe. So that's what she began to do. She began to speak and she testified every day that she spoke what she believed. Her heart was filled with joy and with love and peace. And she knew God was working. So when she went to have her, you know, her tests, it came back negative. They tested again. It was negative. There's no more cancer in her body. Why? She spoke to the mountain. That mountain of cancer in her body. And she said, leave. You have no place in my body. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. This is not from God. This is from Satan. Leave in the name of Jesus. And she spoke to the mountain of cancer in her body. And Jesus said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, small, little bit, developing in your heart, if you will say to your mountains, be removed and be cast into the sea, be removed from our life financial debt, be removed from our life fear, be removed from our life depression, be removed from our life. Jesus said, it will go. It will go. It will listen to you. Come, let's stand to your feet. Hallelujah. If you have been blessed through this podcast, we invite you to partner with us in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ from Nagaland to the nations. We make all our series available for free, but it does cost us time, effort, and money to do it. So the support of people such as you will enable us to reach more people in more regions. Remember, when you give, the Word of God says in 2 Corinthians 9.8 that God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you, always having all sufficiency, all things, may have an abundance of every good work. If you would like to support our media ministry on a monthly basis or through a one-time gift, kindly write to us at faithharvestnagaland at gmail.com and visit our website www.faithharvest.in and you can go to the giving section. You can also give through this UPI ID 700-568-4533 at Paytm. God bless you and thank you so much for your generosity.